Hi, I'm Leah Lane, an award-winning travel writer and author of Places I Remember, Tales, Truths, Delights from 100 Countries. On this podcast, we share conversations with travelers about fascinating destinations and memorable experiences around the world. Our guest this episode is writer, editor, teacher, and New Mexican, Susan Mahalik. Her new novel, Dark Horses, published by Simon & Schuster, has received rave reviews, and her life in New Mexico inspired much of the action centered around horseback riding in the novel. Welcome, Susan, and congratulations on the book. Oh, hi, Leah. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, and thank you for congratulating me. I'm so excited. Well, we'll discuss your novel a bit later, Uh, but let's first talk about New Mexico. You've lived there many years now. How many have you lived? Uh, 26 years. Okay. And I I know that the state is a blend of of Anglo, Spanish, and Native cultures. Um, And the the Pueblos are considered among the oldest continuously inhabited dwellings in North America. Can you tell us about some of those Pueblo cultures that make New Mexico so special? Sure. Um, I'm most familiar with the eight northern Pueblos, which are sort of from Acoma, which is just south of Albuquerque, on up to the state line with Colorado. Um, And I'm most familiar with Taos Pueblo, which is a gorgeous place. People still live in the village. That's one of the continuously occupied Pueblos. Uh, It's um, quite a step back into history to go there. There's a beautiful river that runs through the Pueblo. It's sort of divided into the north side and the south side. And they have many, they're keeping their culture alive. They have many rites and ceremonies that are not open to the public, but they also have some that are open to the public. And in this time of uh, the pandemic, they're, they're not open, but normally on Christmas Eve, there's a beautiful bonfire that combines the Christianity that the Spanish settlers brought with some of the Native American rituals. They take Our Lady of Guadalupe out of their church and at the mission church that's there, and they walk her around the plaza of the Pueblo, and people are invited to that. There's um, either a corn dance, a deer dance, or a turtle dance, I believe, <laughs> on Christmas Day, which is very, very special. I don't believe you're allowed to photograph it. They have kosharis, which are clowns, and the clowns will take your recording equipment and your cameras, your cell phones, if you try to record it. I'm told they're five stories high and you have to go on ladders to go up. Is that that the Pueblo that's... I am trying to think if I've seen a building that looks five stories high to me. I think I've seen some that are two and three stories. I've not seen one that's five stories. At Bandelier National Monument, where they have sort of the pre-Pueblo cave dwellings, cliff dwellings, some of those are quite high. And they have the same kivas, the religious buildings that are built into the ground. They have some of the the same 
aspects at Bandelier that they have in Taos. I've been in the Grand Kiva at Bandelier once. You have to climb a bunch of ladders up and then a bunch of ladders down. And I will never go in it again because the <laughs> ladders were terrifying. <laughs> Good tip. <laughs> tell me tell me about Carlsbad Caverns because I, I visited there once long ago and I think I was in a tornado. It was my first tornado. I happened to be driving along in a little sports car and this wind whipped up. I I don't know if that's typical or if there's a special wind around that area, but we were soaked inside the little car, even though our windows were up. So we didn't get to see the bats. But so oh tell me about goodness. it. When Rick and I got, my husband and I got married in 2018, we talked about where we wanted to go on a honeymoon. And there's so much of New Mexico that we had not seen and still haven't seen some areas that we decided to take a road trip. We both love a good road trip. And Carlsbad was a highlight of that. These caves are absolutely stunning. They think they've only explored and excavated about maybe 20% of them. It's a huge cave system. And it's also connected to the oil and gas industry. There's a lot of oil and gas. And they think some of these chambers at one time millennia ago might have been filled with oil and water. It's uh, absolutely spectacular. We didn't see the bats either. We went there (laughs) in the morning and the bats don't fly until seven or eight o'clock at night. And it was just too long a day to stay. For right. The bats. So we, that, went, we went home too. We, we figured a tornado was enough for one day. That the wind can be intense here. It can really whip up. And in the eastern part of the state, we probably do get some tornadoes. It's it, we border I still with- don't know. I, I will never know that, but I know it was a big wind. Yeah. Um, speaking of sort of oddities in a way of nature, uh, Roswell is famous. Tell, it, tell us about Roswell, New Mexico. We hit Roswell on the way down to Carlsbad. Roswell is supposedly the town where a UFO crashed in 1947. And supposedly alien bodies were recovered. I don't really think there's actual proof of that. But I also think we would be pretty conceited to think that in the entire universe, we're the only intelligent life forms here on Earth. I would have to agree. (laughs) it's It's a sweet little town. It has cute old brick buildings. Of course, everything is themed around the UFO crash. There is a UFO museum. And if you're going through Roswell, you sort of are obliged to stop and go through the museum. They have some exhibits there that are kind of delightfully cheesy. And they also have a lot of very text-heavy placards. We were tired of reading by the time we got out of the museum. (laughs) But But no aliens. No aliens. They have an alien model there. They've got a cute photo booth where you can make your photo and they superimpose an alien on the photo with you. So, of course, we did that. It was it was just a blast. Good. What about uh, White Sands? That's a, I've always seen pictures on Instagram. It looks really white. Is it as white as that as it seems? It is absolutely as white as it seems. It looks like snow, mountains of snow, but it is white sand. The sand is, I believe, silica. It's very, very soft and powdery. You can drive through the monument. So if you have any accessibility issues, 
you can see what there is to see by staying in your car. But it's uh, you can also park and get out and walk. So we walked up the dunes and sort of slid down the dunes. Some people were having picnics. There is no shade in White Sands, so they had umbrellas with them. But it's a beautiful spot. It's it's blue skies and white sand as far as you can see. It's just lovely. It's grammable. It, it, or instable, <laughs> whatever the word. It's Instagrammable. I Instagrammable. Think. Uh, how about Los Alamos? That's where they tested the nuclear nuclear bombs. Is that nearby there? And have you visited? They, I have visited Los Alamos. I think they built them there, but they tested just north of White Sands. I can't Alamogordo. Maybe I can't think of the name of the community where they tested them, but they built them in Los Alamos, and it's a tiny, tiny county in a tiny, tiny town. And there's one road that goes in and out. It's uh, You can tell it was a secure government facility, particularly during World War II when they were developing the bomb. And even, even now, there's a lot of nuclear development that goes on there. They have, I believe, the highest IQ in the state because of all the scientists that live in this tiny, tiny county. It is so small. We have huge counties here, and Los Alamos is just a little speck. And who figured that out? Was there a test uh, throughout the state? (laughs) I I don't know how they figured it out. I saw it on a website one time, and of course, everything on the internet is true. So, right, of course. (laughs) Um, Let me ask you what what is a a petroglyph? I know all around there, all around New Mexico, is uh, I remember seeing it some myself that were so beautiful. Explain what that is, a petroglyph. Uh, There are two kinds of rock art. One is a petroglyph, and a petroglyph is a symbol that has actually been pecked into the rock face with maybe another stone or some other kind of tool. A pictograph, and there are some of those in the state as well, is a painted image on rock. And if you go to Bandelier National Monument, those are probably the closest pictographs. Bandelier is just outside Los Alamos. And there's some pictographs as well as petroglyphs there. Excellent. Now, Albuquerque is the biggest city. And I know it has an annual hot air balloon festival. And I know known for the setting for Breaking Bad. But let's talk more about the most charming and evocative cities. I think some of the best in the both of them, Taos and Santa Fe. Taos Mm -hmm. is your hometown, right? It is. What's the setting? What's the setting for Taos? And what's the history? It is absolutely stunning here. It is set at the base of the mountains. There are mountains all around us. We're at an altitude of probably the average altitude is 7,200 feet. So we're quite high. We're higher than Mesa Verde up in Colorado, for example. We're certainly higher than Denver. It's It gets all four seasons. We have beautiful cottonwood and aspen trees that turn gold. And some of the aspens turn red as well, which I had never seen until I moved here. I've been here 26 years as of this year. And Taos is home. I went to a four or five day workshop in Abiquiu, which is a couple of hours from here, home of Georgia O'Keeffe, a few years ago. And it was stunning with its beautiful red rock country and white rocks among the red, just beautiful. But as breathtaking as it was, 
I was so happy to get back to Taos. As I was driving into town, I thought Taos is my landscape. It's just yeah. I, I know I've been there. It's it, it's a real Western town. It feels like I can feel the, I know you love horseback riding, of course. And I feel that, you know, I feel that more than anywhere else in New Mexico, that this is a real Western town. What What's the history of that? It is. The Pueblo Indians have been here for millennia. In uh, the late 1800s, some artists were visiting and they had a wagon wheel break about 20 miles north of Taos. And one of the artists stayed with the wagon and the other one brought the wheel into town to have it fixed. And both of them had decided by the time he got back with the fixed wheel that Taos was where they needed to be because of the quality of the light. So in addition to these ancient crafts that we have, the beautiful pottery and weaving, uh, both baskets and textiles, the blankets. We have this influx of Anglo artists that came in the late 1800s and early 1900s. And since then, Taos has really been known as an arts community. A lot of artists, a lot of galleries, a lot of different forms of art are here. But the that's a draw for people. But also the outdoors is a huge draw here. You can hike, you can ski, you can snowboard, you can river raft, you can ride horses, you can hot air balloon over the Rio Grande Gorge and do your splash and dash where you touch the river and then go back up. It's a fantastic place for outdoor recreation as well. I know the the Pueblo there was built about 1,000 or between 1,000 and 1,400, I read, and it's a it's a historic, uh, uh, a UNESCO historic site. Is yes. that the best Pueblo? If you had to pick one, would you choose the Taos one? I would choose the Taos one, but second, I would choose Acoma Pueblo, which is south of Albuquerque. It is up on a mesa, and they have some ancient buildings there as well, including this, the oldest window pane <laughs> in New Mexico. It's made of mica. And so I'm sure the quality of light inside is not fantastic, but it's this thin sheet of mica that serves as a window pane in one of the windows there. Interesting. It's, it's lovely. And Occamas is quite well known for its pottery. There are many arts communities, obviously, but Taos and Santa Fe are the ones we know about. Are there any others besides Acaba? that you might uh, mention? Uh, Silver City is another big arts community. And uh, let me think about the other Pueblos. Zuni Pueblo has uh, a quirky old cemetery and they're a bit scattered at Zuni Pueblo. I didn't see the concentration of buildings that you see at Acoma and at Taos Pueblo. So Zuni Pueblo is a little bit more spread out, but they make stunning fetishes that are carved from rock. What's and, a fetish? I, I know what it is. And, you know, foot fetish, that kind yeah. of fetish. But <laughs> Not what, that what, kind what of fetish. <laughs> and it's an amulet. It's uh. an amulet. They do beautiful work there. They make gorgeous jewelry at Zuni Pueblo. So I would certainly recommend visiting there, having some oven bread when you visit, uh -huh. uh, made in these ornos, these beehive-shaped ovens. And there's a gentleman at Zuni who has a huge, huge orno. I don't know how many loaves of oven bread he can fit in that thing. So they heat it up. It's super hot. 
they sweep out all the embers and ash, and then they put the bread dough in there and it bakes from the heat. And Yum. it's delicious. It's <laughs> Tell wonderful. me, talking about food, I know uh, Santa Fe especially is known for great cuisine, but mm-hmm. what are some typical New Mexican dishes that you would you would say to definitely try? Well, I have heard that we are the only state that has an official state question, which is red or green. And that pertains- uh-huh. I bet I know. Okay, chilies. go ahead. Chilies. The yes. chili, do you want green chili or red chili on your on your entree? Because those are your choices. <laughs> which do you Not, which do you want? <laughs> I, well, if you're in the know, you say Christmas and then you uh-huh. get red and green. Uh-huh. So um, I always get Christmas. And if it's too hot, which can certainly be the case, they'll bring you some sour cream to sort of cut the heat. But uh, red and green <laughs> chili are are huge here. Every fall, starting in August, they have a green chili harvest from Hatch, New Mexico, and it's distributed throughout the state. They do these massive chili roastings at all the grocery stores and sometimes just at roadside stands. And you buy your burlap bag of chilies. They roast it for you in this giant drum that looks sort of like a bingo drum, but it's massive. And uh, you bring your roasted chilies home and you continue preparing them and you freeze them. You take the skins off and you freeze them about six to a bag, six to eight to a bag. And that is enough to make a delicious green chili stew. And it's enough to just uh, take one out of the bag and add some flavor to whatever uh-huh. you're having. I remember having a green chili burger and a Frito pie. Yes. Is that a popular? Those, <laughs> I remember those are, that. Those are very popular things. You can get green chili burgers and should wherever you go here. It's uh, absolutely fantastic. And Frito pie is a staple of the high school fundraiser. You okay. Go, That's where I must box. have had it on the road. So. <laughs> you go but it was memorable. Box. Yeah. You go to a big box store and the kids are set up there with their parents and that's what you get. Frito pie. Well, let's talk about other kinds of food. We'll go to Santa Fe because that's one of the cities in America that foodies adore. What what is the what is the draw that that brings the chefs to to Santa Fe? The star chefs. I, Santa Fe has been called New York in the desert. That's what a friend of mine refers to it as, and it's not it's not a huge city. It's a nice mid sized city. It's just as beautiful as Taos is. They've got their own mountains down that way. They have an opera. Uh, Santa Fe has a lot of cultural advantages, a huge arts community down there as well. They have an old theater called the Lindsay Theater. So uh, I think that the, the culture is really what brings people here. It's a slower pace of life than you get in a larger city. It's... Um, I mean, there are there are a lot of people who visit who really appreciate it, and they they want to try the local cuisine. And chefs always bring their own spin to it. And it's a beautiful city, the adobe architecture. Tell me a little about that. So adobe is a brick that's made of mud and straw and water, and it's baked in the sun. They may kiln dry, uh, some adobe bricks, I'm not sure, but traditionally it's baked in the sun. And most often a true adobe building is plastered with um, a mud plaster that's made of the same material. Because if you plaster it with concrete, the adobe will sweat inside the concrete and it will start to disintegrate. If you plaster it with mud, 
the mud breathes and the adobe stays solid. There are ancient adobe buildings around here that are, are ruins, but the adobe bricks have held up. The buildings are abandoned, old farmhouses, for example, but those adobe bricks have held up all these years. It's They're so beautiful. When you come into Santa Fe and you see the the unification of the architecture, and it's one of the most charming cities in all of America, for sure. In- uh, I remember going to the George O'Keefe Museum there. That's very, very famous. Um, it is. She lived there with uh, her husband. She, she lived in Abiquiu, oh, which is nearby. between Taos and Santa Fe. There is a Georgia O'Keefe Museum in Santa Fe. Her home is actually in Abiquiu. There is a, a property that she used to own called Ghost Ranch. And she has had a house there. When I took the workshop in Abiquiu several years ago, we had the, our group had a house that was next to hers. There's plenty of trees and shrubs and uh, distance between the two homes. But the house that we stayed in is an exact replica of hers. They use the same blueprints. So a friend of hers used to live in that house. And now this foundation owns it. They've got some cabins that they've constructed. And it's used as a retreat and a place to hold art workshops. And you can ride there. They have stables. You can hike there. It's quite a lovely place. It's a lovely combination of art and recreation and good food. I mean, that sounds fantastic. That's kind of of New Mexico for you. It's a beautiful combination of all those things. Let's turn to your new novel just for a second, Dark Horses. Can you tell me how living in New Mexico influenced your writing? Yes, it's Taos is a very artistic community, as are so many communities in New Mexico. And I had wanted to write. I had played around with writing when I lived in San Diego. I always intended to publish, but I couldn't seem to finish anything. And I moved to Taos and um, horses are sort of the backdrop for the, the novel Dark Horses. And shortly after we moved here, I started leasing a horse at a place called MacArthur Quarter Horses. I was leasing a foxtrotter. So the lady who owned her really didn't ride anymore. She kept the horse for her little girl who did a horse camp on her for two weeks every summer. And other than that, the horse was at my disposal for a very small fee. So I did that for almost 10 years and eventually the horse passed away. And then I was horseless. But uh, I started leasing another horse, a beautiful American warm blood named Goldmark, a few years ago. And then selling the book enabled me to purchase him. So he's now mine. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. Wonderful. How how fitting. That's one of the really wonderful outcomes from selling the book. But I was also able to quit my job finally. Even better. uh, (laughs) Be the the no more day job. Uh, being here and riding almost every day really was very inspiring to me. Getting out on the trails and up into the hills was uh, quite the source of inspiration. And the relationship that my main character in Dark Horses has with her horses is very much inspired by the relationships that I've had with horses and have with Goldmark now. I can't wait to uh, to read it. Uh, the last question I always ask is, what one experience would you remember most about New Mexico and would like to share with us? So what 
would you say is if you had to just choose one covering it all, would it, mm. what would it be? North of Taos is a wilderness area called Valle Vidal. And it's, gosh, thousands and thousands and thousands of acres. And it is spectacular. And it was a logging area at one time. And there are old logging roads that cut throughout the hills there. And they make a great place to ride. So twice I've been horse camping there for a couple of weekends at a time. And it is just the most wonderful experience to sleep in your tent. Your horse is in a pen. They have a campground that specifically is built for horse camping. So your horse is in a pen close to your tent and you get up. Everybody has breakfast, including your horse, and you ride out for the day. And you don't have to worry about cars. You might see some bighorn sheep. It's just absolutely wonderful. It's the most beautiful place I have ever been. Well, thank you so much, Susan Mahalik, for a wonderful discussion of your home state of New Mexico. And remember, if you have any comments, thank you so much. If you have any comments or questions about this or any episode, you can contact me at placesireremembermelaine.com. Thank you, Leah. Thanks for listening to our award-winning podcast. We've recorded over 100 episodes of Places I Remember. So follow us on any podcast app. And new monthly episodes are also on YouTube with gorgeous video. My book, Places I Remember, is available in print and Kindle, and I read the audio version. Follow my travel writing at Forbes.com. Contact me at the links in the show notes or on my website, PlacesIRememberLealane.com, and keep making your own travel memories. <laughs>